Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. Uh, my name is Wes Berdine. I am here joined in the back lounge of Blackheart of St. Paul by Rodrigo. Hello. And Eric Silverbrenneman. Oi, oi. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. Uh, we are, we are all like at the end of really long days. We're all, we're all holding on. We all got the munchies. Monday nights can be rough. Yeah, we are, we're hitting the munchies. So, uh, today brought to you by the, um, mini corn dogs and the chicken strip basket. Yes. Tony was right. Tony, the bartender. Yeah. Great suggestion. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. Uh, today we've got kind of a stripped down. We've got black heart promo, black heart promo. Oh, I see what you did there. Do what? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I'm like seriously. This podcast is just an advertisement now. That's for the what bar. I thought. I was like strip down, strip, strip down. So you have strip, chicken strip down, chicken strip basket. Uh, I didn't even realize. It's just I'm I'm now. You're full so good at it mode. nowadays. Yep. Brought to you by the chicken strip basket. It's the strip down podcast. Uh um, we'll talk about Minnesota United over New York City FC, and we will. We've got Twitter questions. Here's where I'm going to start us off with, and I don't know if you, either of you two have uh, other like bits and pieces that you want to talk about, Copa Libertadores or anything. Anyone? I mean, we can do a little bit. It's it's going down tomorrow, but sure. Okay. We don't have an update since last week. Correct. But, but this this week there are the, what are the big games going on that, that you're excited about? Um, Gremio goes again against uh, Tucumán, kind of the the Cinderella story of the tournament. Uh, Gremio's got a, a 2 nil aggregate right now lead, so I'm feeling pretty confident. But it'd be great to see. Who's Tucumán? So, as, as Pablo was telling me, I am not familiar with this team, but for, mo- <clears throat> excuse me, for most of his life, and I think people that follow the Argentine League, it's a team that's been in the second and third division for decades. And here they are in the quarterfinals. What's that? Who they pay off? That's a question, Who right? pay off? Well, Maradona. There's, there's that too. There's only one no, person. Maradona's coaching a second division or third division team in Mexico. Yeah, That's but right. he That's still exactly. controls everything. And um, so, so they go, and then the, then it's the Argentine uh, block there, Independiente and uh, River, I think. Yeah, River. They go tomorrow, and Sudamericana is finishing up their first round of sixteen. And I have no idea because I don't follow Sudamericana. Yeah, we we only do because all I know is that Toyota Sudamericana. Those teams in there. Oh, Peñarol or Nacional? Oops, I'm sorry. I meant to say Nacional, not Peñarol. Sorry. sorry. Oh, sorry. All right, that's that. So here's what I want to hit: the World Cup qualification for the U.S. Women kicks off this week. Uh, they've got a basically a, a four-team group. Uh, they need to finish in the top two to get out, and then get to the semifinals. Um, Essentially, if they get to the semifinals, then they qualify for the for the Women's World Cup in France this summer. But the, the group that they have is Mexico, Panama, and Trinidad and Tobago. Mexico, obviously a good team. Trinidad and Tobago is the one that's holding me up there, right? Because we all know about U.S. teams and Trinidad and Tobago, or at least history. now we know about it. Um but that's going to be exciting. So basically, they've got those three games coming up, like all back to back to back. Um, this Thursday, U.S. Mexico, six thirty p.m. Uh, brought to you by the Black Heart of St. Paul uh, trademark, etc. Um, that's going to be. We're going to show that here and have a watch party here. Watch um, party on Thursday. Yeah. And so, and then I think Sunday is the next match. I'm forgetting which one that one well, is. He's looking it up. We should mention we were talking about this before we recorded that. 
episode of Burn It All Down with the uh, interviews of the Trinidad and Tobago player. And the and Jamaican national exactly. team. Exactly. Yeah. And just thinking about the terrible conditions and things that a lot of the U.S. women national team players have to go through and NWSL players, it's like 10 times ten worse. 10 times even worse. <laughs> So, yeah, go ahead. I mean, just like, just, just like in the last Copa America, right? Because yeah. the last Copa America was the one that almost didn't happen because, like, everybody was pulling out and, like, not right. even the national teams were helping with either training. Are oh, you talking like, about the Copa America Feminina? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It barely, that, yeah. that barely even happened, barely right? Even, yeah. And it was a success. Yeah. Um, but, you know, players paying for their own training. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, I think it was, uh, is it the Jamaican team that, uh, their coach, when they landed in Texas for their game, was asking, we need water, we don't have all these There's such no supplies. Right? Yeah. like no a water. Twi- like a tweet, tweet out there, and people were like, all right, how we can help, but I was like. Right. It's like, and there's, and I, and I guess if you qualify, you get, like, funding, right, from the CONCACAF. That's right. Uh, but if you, if you're like in, in the early rounds or whatever, you do it all on your own. And I'm like, yeah, it's well, basically that's soccer hunger games. Right? Pretty much. For, for the women. Which is, which is unacceptable and horrendous. Yeah. If you go back to the archives of Burn All Down, it's, yeah, great, no, they, 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 they broke it down really well. Great and interviews. it was, it was re- really, really interesting to, to hear that and yeah. really disappointing at the same time. But right. I think overall, just, uh, I mean, what, what else do we have going on? Have you have, uh, yeah. Well, well, it's Cristiano being, being harassed, right? Yeah, or yeah. being being brought into the limelight once again. Man, well, we won't even hit that. Let's not know. hit I, that. I feel like I'm, I'm not it's even just, prepared. That's bad to terminology. This is the face that where my elbow needs to land. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. More but elbows. at least, at least for this week, the 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 little you know, the U.S. men are also back in action next week, and we'll talk about that obviously probably next next week. But so sure. I asked Bruce Pulisic this question, and, and Michael Bruce Bradley are brought back into that team. But yeah, no, I asked Bruce this question a couple of weeks ago when we uh, when he posted the uh, on Twitter like the schedule of the group, and I was like, so do you do you like take your a, a team out and you know beat. No, for Mexico, and then just try to play with the roster the rest of it. Give give the younger players playing time for the rest of the other games. Do you just stick for the U.S. women? It? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, the most important game obviously is Mexico, right? Even though they just need to get in the top two, so actually the other two games are probably far more important because the assumption is that Mexico will win their other two games. Yeah, U.S. needs to to win those. Um. So I guess it, it, what's the strategy? What strategy would you have? The strategy certainly is come out strong, and you want you want to have a result against Mexico no matter what because you want to get build, always build momentum. Yeah. Uh, and well, then Panama is the second game, and Trinidad and Tobago is the, the third. By then, you know certainly you can rotate, but you, you know it's a short. And then you've got semifinals after that the next weekend, so you have a lot of short, like quick turnaround, and they're all being played in North Carolina at Cary. Um, wow, the, the field's in, in, in yeah, playing for, condition? Yeah, for, for all three of these games, and I assume then the other games are all being played there too. I, I, don't, I don't actually that know. That field's going to get all, all three of the U.S. women's games are being played in Kerry, so I don't know if, if the other teams are traveling somewhere. I, I didn't look at that. But regardless, you need to come out against Mexico. You know, Even if you just get a draw, just something that like gets you going. Right, right. No you can rest up. someone against uh, Panama and then make sure that you're ready to go, but U.S. women, there's no excuse. You know, they're 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 they are they are super talented. Well, there they deliver enough, more than the men. So they should absolutely. deliver. Uh, they and they should have enough depth to to do it. So, um, so 
Let's take a break. We'll come back and talk about Minnesota United versus NYCFC. Here we are on the 55-1 podcast. Rodrigo, Eric, and Wes here. Um, we talk way too much about food. <laughs> Especially tonight. Minnesota beat NYCFC two games in a row they've won yeah. at home. Uh, two to one. So Minnesota started this game in the four two three one. They were missing uh, the double Brazilian. They were missing Romario, who obviously we talked about was so impressive last uh, the week before. Um, missing Dinladi, right? Yeah, well, yeah, they're always missing Dinladi. Uh, Mister Glass, as people <laughs> near me in the section have referred to him. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, so. Uh, when I looked at Tison starting, Alexi Gomez starting, that was a surprise. Uh, I, I, Man, people I, are mad at Alexi. Aren't they? I was, um, I was just like, we're we're dead. The saving grace was that NYCFC were missing uh, Maxime Cheneau, David Villa, and Maxime Morales. Literally, their best center back, their best midfielder, their best playmaker. And so Villa's got like twenty plus goals, right, or something like that. Yeah, and and when I saw so like, like when I saw like announce the names, I yeah. was like, oh, I, I know that guy's name. I know that guy. Who the, who the f is that? And there was one guy they put up on the screen. I swear to God, I was like, that guy looks fifty years old, like he's a dentist. <laughs> they did. They just <laughs> like be. the team dentist. They just threw on like, look, because because those three didn't even travel with the team. No, I'm pretty sure they didn't because but, they're already in the playoffs. Yeah. They're not going to win Supporter Shield. They played Wednesday. Why are they going to send them to play on turf? Right. And so they, they rested all of them. And so which, then, which leads into a Twitter question later on. So. Yeah, yeah. And so then Minnesota United come out there and um, just were, were dominant in the first half. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think it was just fun to see just what it looks like to have two games in a row with like Cabo playing at a different position and then having Tison on that. On the right back, and then having the two strongest defenders that we have been saying is, you know, unfortunately Voxel, and <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> Voxel and Coleman. By and the so, end of the season, you're going to come around on Voxel. No. I thought you did come around on Voxel. I know I like Voxel, but I'm going to give him crap as much as I can. You know. Okay, fair enough. You got to so, do your thing. You yeah. Do so what then, you do. so then, like I thought that was, you know, like that that lineup was interesting, specifically because they put um, Alexi Gomez in front of Calvo. And um, that kind of gave the license for Cabo to really play up as much as he wanted yeah. to, which uh, meant that Alexi sometimes didn't get the message and he was up too high. Right. And so when there was a counter, there was time where there, there, there was just... So that, that part scared me. That part scared me, but it always scares me. But he wasn't horrible in no, this match, no, though. No, like, my I, understanding he was mostly was, invisible. But sometimes in good ways, right? right? Exactly. Like, cause I did, I was watching as well, like, he's back there, actually. He's back, cause Francisco Calvo's up. But look, Gomez is yep, back there and he's covering, he's doing his job. Yeah. He had some good passes. You know. I, I, he, I, I would have felt I more think, comfortable only, if only one shot, if I remember, to the stands. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there had to be at least one, yeah, yeah. but yeah. to the moon. <laughs> and his, uh, and his free kick was actually on target. Answer the goal, mm-hmm. so that was interesting. Neil Armstrong—that's what I call Alexi. <laughs> yeah. But but I I would have I would have liked Alexi play maybe another ten yards back just to be able to give enough room between him and Cabo. But uh, I also like I enjoyed 
seeing the freedom between uh, Alexi and Miguel and switching sides. Yep. Yep. I thought that was interesting and it really threw me off because that means you either, you either as a coach care about what you're doing or you just, but you just don't care. You just let or your these guys are just, just running their own show. Yeah, right? exactly. Okay. Right. Someone's calling yeah. the shots. Someone's not calling the shots. And, um, I thought it was, uh, really interesting because the reason I thought that Alexi would get a start was because he's fast. Yeah. And he's able to either bring that ball up fast enough to pass it to someone or, uh, just, just do some quick passes up the wing. And, and, and it was interesting having seen Quintero use Miguel a lot more on the wings like we, like we they used to see. They looked sharp. Those two together looked nice. So let's talk about 18th yeah. minute. Um, Miguel, so it's Quintero drives. And again, like now maybe people are now watching this more now that I, I talked about it last week and the week before, like Quintero, holds the ball way too long in a way that is just so right. Like It's always like, why are you? No, no. But he pulls people into him. He pulls them, and either he like drives through them, or in this or he case, just, he pulled everyone to him, sends it out to Miguel, and Miguel sends in the most perfect yeah, cross, it right? Beautiful. It just Textbook. curves perfectly around the defenders yep. to Angelo Rodriguez, and he just puts it home. And that was that was a beautiful, was a beautiful, goal. beautiful header, great and that's goal. what what he's known from, like being the yeah. aerial attack. Right? And, We've and, never had someone be when you're relying on your center backs to be the the the, the, the headers, taking the headers and all that stuff. It's nice to have Angelo who um, who can uh, who can do those type of things. Yeah. I thought it was great. It was a great cross. The cross right? was amazing. I mean. The placement and the fact that you're like you said, he curled it in front of the defenders. And, and I, it was funny listening to, to Angelo afterwards. He was talking. He's like, I honestly didn't think I was going to get there because he saw he saw that curve and he saw it come. And he's just like, oh man, I gotta, you know, he had to yeah. turn on the jets. Angelo, Angelo. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have an official pronunciation guide on him. We've, I think we've, he said he was Angelo. Does he? All right. We're well, in Portuguese. Um, so. <laughs> So, but I, I so, so two things about that. One about the Miguel part. Yeah. Miguel, we've talked about this earlier in the year because he had another one. I, I, I have to go back and look at it, but like he had another perfect assist early, a cur- curling. Yeah, uh, it was it was low though. It wasn't a header though, right? Well, but it was a perfect cross, and what, what, like that was never part of uh, Miguel's game in in old Miguel, like NASL Miguel, right? Mm-hmm. He was a great player, but like that was one of the things I remember at the time saying. This needs to be better from him. It's gotten really good. It really so, is. and it obviously can get better, but it looks really great from him. The other thing is, Rodriguez came out of this game, came into this game, and he was obviously not fit. And and I I, I, I like I'm finding all these ways to be very pro Rodriguez because I'm so upset about Ramirez still. Mm-hmm. But like Rodriguez was not fit. Oh, it's a did, hammy. Did not look like he should be out there, but. Dude gets two goals. We'll talk about yeah. the second one. Uh, so, awesome to him, but he should not have been out there. Uh, well, and it was a bad, it was like very risky to put him out there. No, I, I, I think you make a valid so point, long. but what, what are your options? Toy? Yeah. You would have put Toy out there? Well, we'll talk about, well, let's talk about subs. All right. You started him and that's a, that's a risk. He, he stayed the whole game or the, when, I forget when he went out. Um, but, uh, but, Great. Rodriguez got his two goals. His second goal came in the 36th minute uh, when basically recent U.S. men's national team call-up Ben Sweat uh, just, wow. I don't know what he was thinking. This guy gets in, but Miguel doesn't. He just, just, 
Well, different. <laughs> that was an easy ben one. Ben Sweat's a left back. Miguel is a winger. There's a lot of good wingers out there. But Ben Sweat hands the ball to Rodriguez, and he yeah. just takes it around Sean, Sean Johnson. Doesn't it remind you of that, a little bit of that, uh, that Ramirez goal where there was a pass back and he just beat him to it and he just lobbed the ball over the goalie. It's yeah, a yeah. similar so, idea, yeah. but it was a bad pass back without really thinking who was back there. And yeah. Good and on Angelo him, just the, decided to yeah. take advantage so, of it. So. Yeah. I mean, he read it the whole way. Yeah. yeah. So, so two goals in the first half. It was a very good half from, from the team. Uh, we were super nervous in the stands. Press, though. press, press. We're like, yeah. uh oh, yeah, it's halftime and, and we're 2 0 up. Everybody yeah, freak but out. NYCFC looked distinctly like they were playing a scrub game. It was just bad. Um, and then the second half happens, and it is all New York City FC. It, it, they were just all over this team. And 60 minutes in, myself and all the, the peanut gallery that stands in the area near me, it was very obvious. Colin Warner needs to come out. Yeah. Uh, you, you need to make... Uh, you need to bring Rodriguez out. Like you had an injured striker still in there in like the seventieth minute. Yep. You had uh, a Colin Warner who he was, was on his third or fourth yellow card, he, and he was just tired out there and making poor decisions. Um, you had uh, Alexi Gomez who was not doing that much. Like I seriously said, I would take Pengop over uh, Gomez right now. I would take Toy over Rodriguez, and I would take Harrison. Heath well, you got one of them. Over Colin. Yeah. <laughs> I got one of these. So, like... You would have was, taken him over Ibsen, your boy? Uh, I, I was saying that's how desperate I am. That's how... He's wanted to see But Ibsen was on the 18, wasn't he? He was out there. He was... He he was, was yeah, he was, he was warming up. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but I'm, what I'm saying is, like, it was so obvious yeah. changes need to be, needed to be made. Because NYC yeah, were... They were, were ascendant. Yeah. They were They were coming in. It was obvious Colin Warner, he got a yellow. He should have had three or four yellows this game. Obviously, he gets a yellow in the... Yeah, it was a very physical, it was physical game. Something. 75th or yeah. something. Um, and, and, and Rodriguez was obviously injured. Put Toy in. Yeah, I mean, Toy can do at least the job of running around. What, like, what, what was Rodriguez's thing that he brought into it? Was it a, a leg situation? Or? It's some it's sort a hammy. Of, it's is it his hammy? I don't, I don't know. It's a leg injury. but it's a, it's a, I think it's a hamstring. These guys in their hamstrings. So, yes, exactly, like, right. I mean, it's, I think it's just, it's just a hamstring. Because see, that's what... When I think he, those wall stretches, yo. Yeah, I think... It was, what, two games ago? Maybe three games ago when he, he, started, he like yeah, got switched out because of his hammy. And, I don't uh, think he's ever been fit since he's been here. Well, that's quite so, possible. Yeah. So I, I, it just very much frustrated me to watch this team where... And we, we held on, but like in the 90-plus-1 minute, you had this uh, goal that maybe was offside. I haven't seen a good uh, highlight version of it that said it was offside. Oh. But, um, uh, but Someone made a, made a good point. Um, the Argentinian is the midfielder, right? Who, um, um, who who got the ball? Um, who who tapped the ball to Bobby and then uh, fell to the ground and then he headed it on the ground. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it came yeah. off so like like his, his um, this is his yeah. chest, neck in your chest, there. his sternum, sternum. Thank you. Yep. So, yeah. but then, like, my idea is like, is it like, if someone asked me about this and I was like, I have no idea what the what the referee rules are, but if he if a player is down, can they can they play the ball like that? That's a good question. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty sure someone else out there does does know as a referee. It, it was 
you know, was going back to the original uh, goal by Rodriguez and Miguel, I was mad that... So VAR was used twice in this game, and I hate VAR. It sucks all the energy out of the game. The goal from uh, Rodriguez, the first one, was completely onside. Totally. Very yeah. you, you could pull up the tape, watch it, okay, done. But we still had to... We celebrated, and then we go, oh, great, it's VAR, so we stopped celebrating... You lose all that energy. But there was no VAR signal, though. There yeah, but the he was listening. People. He was yeah. listening. He was just talking to and, someone. Like, and they review every like, every goal, but they don't need to stop it. It's like more black and, like, listen. Fights. And it yeah. was like, it wasn't maybe not a minute, but 30 seconds, 40 seconds. Enough to be like, oh, now we can celebrate again. Like, you just, it just, it sucks energy out yeah, of and Yeah, and in that situation, it. you know, it was... Yeah, I, it would have been clear to be able to get an understanding of what the call was or what was it like. If he wasn't upside, then that's... Just VAR can pull it up, say, whether they, they... I mean, there's enough time that they don't need to say, stop, stop, stop. They could yeah. have brought it back, and, and there's enough time that the team resets. That's that what I was going to say, yeah. As, they, as, they do as that they're every getting time, back to the right? line, right. Uh, and so that was just extremely frustrating. So that then later on, you know, there's VAR. It just... <laughs> pisses me off. But this match, I want to point out Quintero, Miguel, Schuler, Calvo, Coleman. Those are my guys who I thought had very good games. Wait, wait, Coleman, wait, wait, what? 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 No. Say, say that again. Header clearance in the 80s. Uh, so Quintero, gorgeous. Ibarra, Schuler, Calvo. You say Calvo? Wow. I thought Calvo had a good game. I love him as a left back. That's where he should have been. For a long I mean, time. Yeah, I mean, and how long we've been calling for that, right? I mean, <laughs> seriously, no, and, and like, I, there's time. the whole joke about me and Calvo, but like, I've always said Calvo's a very talented player. I've also always said the motherfucker needs to not be Center central man. defense. Yeah. He has talent. It is not marking players. Uh, and it he was, was creating opportunities. He was oh yeah, very shots. Yeah. And he had really great runs for Quintero. When yeah. Quintero then almost you know he had a yeah. I mean his long goal. passes are are, are, are are pretty accurate. You know? Yeah, and, and so that's that's the thing, and that's why like I I liked I I, I liked that Calvo was going up, and then you had someone who had speed in the back just in case something. And then there was a couple of times where it did, where where there was a bad pass, and then like. You know, Calvo wasn't speeding the way back, just hoping that you know uh, that that, uh, that Galaxy would would be able to at least slow somebody down, and they did. And then we had, you know, at that point, you had one of our center backs coming up and then stepping up to the ball, which <laughs> what we have not had done in a long time. Now, usually yeah. they just let them drive in into yeah. the eighteen yard box before they decide to make a decision. But <laughs> there was, was people Harrison outside Heath's responsibility. To yeah. Cover well, yeah. Well, yeah. Heath, we'll talk about that when when he gets in, but. But the thing is, is that they, they were coming outside of the, out of, out of the, of the box and they were actually challenging or stepping into the ball. And there's a lot of like, a lot of defensive plays where it was just like a tip. They were just yeah. poking the ball out enough time for someone else to pick it up and, and bring it yeah. back up. And that to me was, um, I don't know if it's just the best. Well, it's been one of the most good defensive new units or examples that we, that I've seen this season, at yeah. least them to do it and having to be, Tison, uh, Coleman, Boxo, and Calvo. I just like to imagine what would that have been like if you asked what our starting yeah. four back was. And, in the I, beginning. and I was worried, I said at the beginning, I was worried about Tison being out there largely because of his fitness. Like, we haven't seen a lot from him this year. He did a decent job. I, don't I thought he, he had a, a really good okay. first half, especially initially. I mean, he started that pressure and that attack. Like, yeah. he's like, I'm going to go at these guys and see what yeah. happens. And once he got some results, I think everybody was yeah. like, oh. 
let's take it to him because yeah. we, we see something here. He's getting something yeah. done. Second half, man, there was a lot of blown coverage. Yeah. I, I was surprised that Miller just didn't start there because Miller's more fit, it seems like. But, I, you know, Miller eventually came in. Uh, the, the, the lineup that they went to was then like just weird. Buckley I had down. no idea what was going on. Uh, Harrison Heath did come in. Unannounced. Yep. Sneaky. Was not like. Did you, did you see that though? Like he went up to Schuler and said, pointed to the ground next to him. He's like, that's where I'm going to play. Right okay. next to you. I I'm not moving. And so he, yeah. well, he started going up. the Warner or the, um, Warner goes out and I'm trying to remember who goes in first. That was such a, such a horrible play. Who goes in first? Miller. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. So they announced that one. And then all of a sudden we're looking around and somebody. Yeah, cause like, Heath came in for yeah. Angelo. Somebody's like, is that Harrison Heath? They're like, no, nah, man, they didn't announce it. Like, oh, it's, no, it's whatever. No, it's about his hair, man. I, I knew it was Her- Harrison Heath because I was like, hey, it's uh, Christian uh, Christian Bale from uh, American Psycho. But it was just, yeah, right. his hair, right? He's oh, talking yeah. about the hair. He basically comes out onto the pitch and he starts comparing his uh, business cards. His business with cards. <laughs> it's just uh, moisturizer. <laughs> this is, but 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 the the shape that they were in when we were defending and bunkering down, we had at least maybe eight. I counted a time is like within within the area of the box, and I don't think we've like when every time we've bunkered down, it's like feels more like not even that. It feels like we don't have anybody in yeah. there when people are just crossing the ball. He, into he it. actually wasn't bad. He wasn't horrible. But no, it's fine. I just, he, thought, he I just totally thought it was passable. I just thought it was hilarious. I mean, that was ten minutes. That it was, it was just shady that he just kind of appeared without any formal announcement. Or anything. Yeah. It was just like, oh, it was, he's, it was, he's in uh, now. I, I thought it was totally fine for Grimey. him to come in. I thought it was different than Ibsen coming in or whatever, but um, you know, it was a win. Good yeah. for us. Grinded it out, yeah. NYCFC were, were definitely... Two in a row uh, since, yeah, what, yeah. July? Yeah. But um, uh, we're gonna I'll, miss this turf next. We'll, year. we'll talk about. There's a few of these issues that we'll hit in the Twitter questions. But coming up this weekend is Philadelphia Union away at the Union, um, a team that is coming off a U.S. Open Cup loss, uh, a team that is surprisingly good. I like Jim Curtin a lot. I've said that before on this podcast. Um, and it's at six thirty. And Brought to you by the Black Heart of St. Paul. We'll have a watch party here, uh, so please come out, join us, and watch here. Um, Order both, some fries. Both of you. You've got a housewarming party you're hosting, Rodrigo. So, oh, your guest oh. list just doubled, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank Everyone's you. going to Rodrigo's, and then over here. The pregame's at my house, apparently yeah. now, right? Uh, but uh, anyway, my family's gonna love me when I get home. Yeah. So uh, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, we'll take Twitter questions. Back on the 55-1 podcast. Uh, Triple Chicano Night. Yeah. Uh, so we've got some Twitter on Saturday, questions. Triple Chicano Night. Uh, Steven Nelson, your prediction for beer prices at Allianz. Mm-hmm. The, the question is basically, reasonable. is it going to be regular, expensive, or Atlanta tried this cheaper thing and it's worked for them? Uh, there's, there's no way we're going to get cheap was beer. It, is it actually good beer at Atlanta, though, or is it just like the buds? And the I don't know. Does it matter? What there's like two or three or something like that? I, I remember when this broke. I don't don't you, don't you have family that live in Atlanta? I think Dude. all yeah, their beer prices. I'm sure they just ask them and tell prices. them. Like, is it cheap? Sure they, but they have, they're they're affordable. You know, it's yeah. probably eight dollars for a craft beer there. Right. I think I say it's Allianz, so I I will I will I will, I will say eleven twenty five. Yeah, Jeez. I mean, right now it's not. it's nine dollars nine fifty or something for a summit, and like that's expensive, but it's it's an event. 
Like yeah. I get it. They they have to. Yeah, do nine fifty for a tall. Bar. You just have to drink at a bar, probably a thousand yards from the stadium. Yeah, if only there was such a. Place. Uh, brought to you by. Brought to you by the Black Card. Steve Lindley says, "Do Pangop or Awundi play in the USL affiliate next year?" To ghosts. And this is this is from the idea that. Um, Madison, it, right? maybe Madison. We've talked about this for ages. Yeah. Madison was the most likely team. Was always looking at Madison because then you can have players who train here and go play in Madison right. on the weekends. Uh, I like that. That makes sense uh, to me. But Pengop and Awundi, you think they're around next year? Oh, if they're oh, that's the question. Whether yeah, they're yeah, around? Yeah. Oh, I mean, mm. I think Awundi, yes, but Pengop maybe not. I mean, his you contract. think Awundi? I was going to say the, the opposite. ghost. <laughs> Ghostman, I like the I like the name. That's the thing, you know. Yeah, well, well, if that's the option, they're probably both gone. But I mean, if they stay, then they're going there. Well, I think what Pengop is more useful than and serviceable. Well, I I think both useful useful are gone. They've gone. They're going to go play with Yago in South Korea or something. Hey, really? Yeah, I think they're gone. Um, Carl Bates says we talked about this a little bit, but. Um, how many more points would have would we have picked up this season if Heath had just made Calvo play left back mm. from the beginning and didn't freeze out Colin Warder for the first three months of the season? Neither are perfect, but both would have provided solutions to our biggest problems. Um, I don't know about would the Warner part, but definitely the Calvo a four, part. Four, two, three, one. Yeah, yeah. Just in in in, in the regular what we saw this week, yeah. you know. Um, instead of the instead of the lustrous three five two. Yeah, yeah. I think if if I think we get a few for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were trying so many ways to like the three five two to to fit Calvo into a role that he wasn't. Uh, yeah, um, D- does uh, it get us into playoff contention? I guess that's another question. I don't know, but maybe I don't not. think one player gets us into there. I think I, having. Well, I'm just trying to think when, how many more wins could we have salvaged if if we started like this? You know, well, it, but didn't we start two, playing a four two three five? Well, let me let me start by answering this question. Yeah, sure. We still have not solved this team yeah. and we've still like constantly said the problem with this team is not necessarily the back line the problem with this team is the midfield so how many how many wins we've get extra i have no idea yeah it's all it, it's it's we you can make up a number and it's fine i think but, maybe seattle sure seattle home win might have made him a little bit but but i think my i think my way to answer this is we would have been a better team Yes, from the beginning, we should have done that. Brent Coleman is good enough right now. His clearances aren't good enough. He's good enough. I think in the best world, he's a really good third. Uh, you probably want a better center back. So next year, they would want to sign a better center back there and have Brent fighting for that second spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that is a good situation for us. I don't know about Colin Warner. I think Colin Warner certainly. Yeah, I, I don't understand Heath's way of like putting people out of the eighteen and then starting them the next week. But um, uh, I, I certainly think that these decisions, which were very obvious to us <laughs> and many people, not just us back in the archives, like the genius people. It's down. Uh, we are not genius, but close enough. Yeah, but it was very obvious to us that that should have these changes should have been made. Put try him in. Midfield, try him in something else. Yeah, we could have we could have had some more wins. I still don't the, think the the Seattle lost at home. That one still stings. I still don't think we're. But I think I think I think, I think all the line. all the games. If we take all the games that were at least were ties or like we were, you know, I think <laughs> ties I, the the one or two or up to two now, right? Yeah. 
So I think like if we were to be able to maybe get maybe I don't know I I think if we would have stuck with this and then everyone's healthy right like these songs actually fit and the rest of it I I don't know maybe maybe a, a tie and two wins maybe more ties so three games nice. yeah some road ties yo yeah. Will Rutford says uh, how many years has this defense taken off Bobby's oh life my God it's basically a, a couple a decades Princess Bride yeah so let's he's uh, just been. Let's do the formula. I mean, yeah. Let's come up with the formula so we can plug it in. Yeah. For every for every ill advised Calvo pass and Alexi Ibsen. Gomez pass Ibsen. times in Ibsen times that by ten and then divide it by two and then yeah. times it and then square that and then you get the There's he, he goes through a uh, just just for men bottle a game for sure. Uh, Emmanuel from Minnesota says thoughts on how to make the U.S. Open Cup more relevant. Jeff had an interesting article on yeah. that, right? Yeah, did you read that? No, I don't subscribe to the He's athletic. reading my notes about it. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> God damn. I don't subscribe to the yeah. athletic. No, Jeff. I support I Jeff. I support Jeff. And I think he, on his tweet, like, he summarized a little bit of yeah, what Jeff, he Yeah, Jeff Ruder wrote an article about it for the athletic. Uh, and, I, and I thought uh, he, had, he made valid points. So, and and, his, and his, his main tweet. point was, uh, a couple things, and so I'm curious what you think. He he talked about subsidizing road travel for lower division teams, more prize money, and weekend games. We discussed this a little bit on the football show, and uh, we were kind of comparing it to, I mean, it's kind of an unfair comparison in some ways, but to Sul Americana and Libertadores in South America. But even if it's the it's the second of the two, Sul Americana, there's incentive. I mean, you win Sul Americana, you get a berth into Libertadores. You win. Yeah. Um, you, you win. A, you in, in this. You do win a, a Concacaf Champions League spot. Okay, I guess that's something. I forgot about that. Well then. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> that, that shows how much. So you win, I, you forgot, win, I forgot. I forgot. Concacaf yeah. matters. Right? <laughs> Concacaf, does Concacaf matter? No. Come exactly. all the way. So, okay, yeah. yeah there's that. Uh, I. I mean, there. I. I think uh, Jeff's article is interesting. Uh, I think he kind of touches on a few points and could can can go further into depth, but um, largely, I think. It's a matter of TV. You know, how can you get this interesting to TV? And MLS is still figuring out how can we get interesting to TV, right? Like I, I've bitched many times. Yeah. I can put Liga MX games on at the bar almost every night of the week. Tonight, uh, Atlas whatever. was playing, I think, yeah. and that was on the TV. Yeah, I would, um, like, I would appreciate that. And MLS is not that way. No, yeah. uh, you know, I can yeah. put like one or two games a week on, and that's that's super frustrating. Oh, let me correct myself. I actually said that wrong. I, I said so many kind of. I was thinking of the the national competitions, like the Peruvian oh, national yeah, the competition winners, or, yeah, or Brasileirão. Yeah. Those are the yeah. ones that get burst. Into, if you win the national yeah. competition, you get into the Libertadores. And, yeah. and so I, I, I'm for this finding a way to get TV, and part of that is I think uh, TV and internet. But they have internet. You can watch it for free. But you yeah. Want, but there's a, need, there's a like no there's no like need to, the, great advertisement yeah. behind that or anything yeah. like that. There's no there's more no money needs to be spent yeah. by U.S. soccer. It's very obvious. Um, I think it's a funny statement. Why? Uh, because U.S. soccer doesn't really. Spend I think the follow up question though is spend money. Are you talking? I'm not sure, no, but yeah. that, that are you covering like the when would. Uh, media coverage really kick in, right? Because, I mean, nobody's going to want to be watching like an MLS team against a third division team or whatever it is. Well, sometimes they do. Christos, uh, that, that, um, uh, Baltimore team, Christos, uh, sponsored by the, the liquor, uh, 
liquor store in Baltimore or whatever. I mean, yeah, I would Playing watch it if it was DC on. United. But how do you convince NBC or whoever to cover yeah. that, right? I mean, last uh, last year there was FC Cincinnati, uh, lower division team, sold out their home game against whoever it was in the in the quarterfinals. Um, I think they get to the semifinals actually. Um, you're right. It's tough. It's it's a chicken egg stuff. You need to get you need to get people interested, right? Like even for the final, yeah. uh, for the the Houston Dynamo final last week, we had it on at the bar, and uh, which you had like four people show. Oh, there was a good solid six <laughs> or seven, but um, it's but above like, average for for yeah. you. But like you're getting. Like, crowds to watch that even in Houston which is Houston is a terrible place so no one wants to be there and they hate their lives but moral of the story is <laughs> like says, says the Texan yeah moral of the story is like you need <laughs> there's like, a moral here chicken and egg stuff where where you need to get more interest there but pump, pumping more money into it to make it uh easy e- more e- easily accessible for lower division teams and also um pumping more narrative into it like sure. you need you need people from U.S. Soccer pushing that though, that narrative to local journalists. You need more PR. Maybe Univision is the place. Maybe that maybe that's where it takes maybe. off. So uh, Sam Lockhart yeah. says, with some people pointing out that visiting teams have a tendency to sit their big names at TCF for all or part of or most of games there, does that take away anything from Minnesota United's ability to get home wins in 2018? You mean 2019? 2019, yeah. Do you think that will change? Oh yeah, oh no, 2018. Oh, yeah, I'm do sorry. you think that'll change in 2019? Um, Colin Solberg, a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, uh, also my greatest Ibsen enemy, uh, uh, stands near me in the section. Uh, we were talking about this at the end of the game, and he tweeted out. He like did the research. Here's who all these teams dropped against us. Oh yeah. Uh, um, Wait, someone had a. It's hard for me to say, like, if, you know, it, I think certainly TCF's turf of not wanting to play on turf, uh, is a big factor. It's also a matter of we've beaten a lot of teams who are outside of our conference, uh, um, who it doesn't matter as much to lose outside of your conference. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, largely at Allianz Field, you'll have a different home advantage. People won't arrest people, but you will have a way different home spirit. Right. Um, we also want to see. Certainly, people resting their players against us at TCF is part of. That's why we'll beat LA Galaxy in the last home yeah, game. Yeah, I was going to say, we, we. There will be no. Zone. We want to see those A teams, though. We want to see Via. We want to see Ibra. We want to see those guys actually compete. Will that make it more difficult? Possibly. But. But you that, should want competition. The, I was sure that's, right? that's the that's drama that we want. want. You want but competition. I, but it is real. Like this conversation came up at the end of the game because we were talking about how, like, well, this is it that we won. Yeah, like, like, like the last home but, game. The, but yeah, Portland. We're not going to see. Portland Zlatan. didn't have Chara in it, and Portland's record without Diego Chara, Diego Chara, over the last. <laughs> that's for me. Champurado, uh, what? Yeah, is really bad. Like without Chara, and there was and Val, right, Valeri didn't start, if I remember correct. Like. It was Blanco did, but Valeri didn't. You're yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. So um, those are those are literally Portland's two best players. So we won, great. But we need to recognize the fact that like there is a our record is tinged a little bit by the fact that nobody we're was playing against 
weaker teams. And certainly we were weaker this last weekend. We were missing double Brazilian and et cetera. Um, but partying in the press box with Luis Pereira. Yeah. I saw that. You see that? <laughs> I don't know how he pulls that off. So, but as the ladies, I don't think it changes too much next year because I think we, we will have a home field advantage next year for a different reason. But last question here, Brian, the cat Lord says, we'll go for soccer, make NCA, NCAA big dance this year. Gosh, I hope so. Uh, I, I, there's such a fun team to watch. I reached out to Matt Pravatsky, who is the master of this equal time soccer. He says, my gut says they perform well down the stretch in part thanks to Emily Peterson's return. Yeah. Uh, Emily Peterson's return, by the way, go check out Matt's writings on equal time soccer. Equal time soccer. He did like, I think six interviews with her about like his his accessibility to players and and she's back after five and a half months. Um, so he says they win at least a game in the big 10 tournament and sneak in as a 10, 12 seed. Because uh, they're now at, they just, they lost their last match. I think they're at five, but that's only two conference losses, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So they're not in a terrible position, I guess. No, I mean, I, they're, but, they're but a good they're also team, not, though. Like the freshmen have, have, come, have stepped up and, and, and pushed the team. There's to, a lot of young players there. That's yeah, what I was yeah, going to say. That's, that's what I'm you saying. think a few years back when yeah. they were just like undefeated and destroying. Everybody in their yeah. path, they're yeah, not I there. Mean, yeah, they're not there, but yeah. but I think it's 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 a good step in, in the direction they want to go. I mean, I I had I had a game right next to where they where they play over at the Falcon Heights Field, this community yeah. center. I had a game at the same time they had a game. I couldn't find a parking spot. Yeah. Like I had to like people were parking over by the by, by the by the park to be able to walk over. That's, that's great. And then I had to like. Not for Go you. Park. No, not for me, because yeah. like I had to carry all these different things, you know, the bench and the balls and all that stuff, and I'm walking three blocks to be able to get to my game. So I love that, but I was like, I was like, I was, like, I love the fact that people are going to games, and, and they're great in hometown. But I wanted to uh, use my time, my five minutes of fame, because uh, Bill and Bill from Fifty Five One had a had his article uh, about how the season has gone, and then we. We got into a really interesting Twitter Twitter discussion about what has been like our biggest, uh, you know, problem, right? And and um, like my point was the fact that we can't stay healthy, right? We've had a lot of yeah. uh, uh, that note when you know injuries that that just hurt us a lot, and though and then so then someone else, Colin O'Donnell, uh, you know, started crunching in numbers, right? And it just got really interesting. If you're really nerdy about numbers, but how many of our players, uh, how much, t- how many absences, how does that, how does that done, and you know, get an idea of, you know, someone who misses 30 percent of, of of their games. I mean, that's and it's considered a starter. That's I think at least to me, I think that's a, that, that's a, that's a big deal. So yeah, I mean, we certainly have had a lot. I mean, I, I know that we make fun of, I make fun of Heaton for pointing about, oh, we're missing Cronin, we're missing Molino, we're missing Finley, etc. Um, those are, those are real, uh, injuries. Things like Cronin, you should have been prepared for. You knew that he probably was not coming back. But, um, yeah, we've, we've had a tough season. Uh, I, I don't think the season would be significantly different if Finley and Molina were in. To be and, and yet we are just a slight bit better than last year. Slight, yeah. So, as, as of Saturday. Yeah. As of Saturday, uh, yeah. right. Uh, so let's say this. Uh, it is the end of the show. 
Thursday, U.S. women against Mexico, Saturday, 6.30 p.m. at the bar. Uh, Saturday, 6.30 against Philadelphia Union. Philly, Philly, Philly. Uh, thank you, guys. Great to see you all. Thanks for being here. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.